Okay, Brentwood Church, before we get to part three of Upon This Rock, I want to take a second to convince you of something that I believe will impact your friends and family members' lives forever. And I do mean forever. I want to invite you to invite someone to church next week, somebody who does not go to church. And, you know, even though we, we live in a community where 40% of the people say that they attend church somewhere, there's another 60% who say that they don't. And we want to help them get to a church this Easter Sunday, because according to stats, a bunch of that 60% who are in your circle of influence and my circle of influence, they say that they would at least try out a church on Easter Sunday if somebody would ask. So just ask and be ready for them to say yes or no. But either way, they're going to know that you cared enough to ask. And here's my promise, okay? Next week is going to be a perfect time to bring someone that you know who doesn't believe or follow Jesus yet because they're going to leave here knowing who Jesus is and why they should give their life and their eternity to following him, okay? So there we go. Let's get on to part three of Upon This Rock. We've been answering a big question, what is the church and who is the church? And so far we know that the church is anyone who believes that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of the living God, and anyone who worships God in spirit and truth. And if you don't know what any of that means, please go download the first two parts of this series and that'll all make sense to you. But today, today I wanna talk about one of the outward signs of the outward sign that somebody really does belong to the church and is a part of the church. It's sort of a sign that points to a sign and that'll make sense later. If you're not a Christian though, today, it's, it's a good time for you to be here because you get to see what Christianity is and really what it is not because that gets portrayed different ways in popular culture and, and even in religious culture. Uh, today, you'll be able to really spot the real thing versus the religious thing, all right? So turn with me to Matthew chapter three. We're gonna get to that in just a second. Uh, I wanna get personal though uh, for just a few minutes. As a father, I've had the privilege of raising three small human beings into hopefully someday three Jesus-following adults who will make the world a better place. That's, that's my hope and that's my prayer. That's what I give my energy to. The youngest of these three human beings happen to be male. They are known in my house as Ethan and Chase. And here's an interesting fact. These two boys had diametrically opposing labor delivery experiences. Ethan, my oldest son, was born without anesthesia, without any of the drugs. So he came into the world carrying hellfire and brimstone, I kid you not. And, and today, his personality sort of reflects that. He is a very passionate redhead and he takes winning very serious and he takes losing very personal sometimes. Some of you know what I'm talking about. On the other hand, his brother Chase, our youngest, he was born under what I call the happy drugs. You guys know, you, some of you know what I'm talking about. So he came into the world carrying rainbows and unicorns, listening to Bob Marley. You guys know what I'm talking about on that too. Um, and, and his personality sort of reflects that. He's a pretty laid back dude about life and relationships and everything else. 
And yet, these two sons share something in common. They were both, within 24 hours of their birth, they were both circumcised. Mm-hmm. They were circumcised. And guess what? Not one person threw a party in their honor. In fact, neither their mother nor I was even there when this very sensitive surgery took place. Just some mask surgeon walks into the ward, cut them in a very strategic place, I know, and moved on to the next male child in the room. Now, to you and me, here's the thing, that might have seemed like a really TMI break in the conversation. But here's what I want you to see. If my boys, if my two sons were born 3,000 years ago to Jewish parents, their circumcision would have been a really big deal. I mean, a monumental occasion. In fact, on the eighth day of their life, a rabbi, a holy man in the community would, would come in to, to, the, to the house and, and do this surgery, or they would take this young male child to the rabbi, and this surgery would take place. And then immediately afterwards, the parents would throw a big celebration dinner for all the friends and all the family in the community. Why? Because upon this surgical procedure, that boy was now officially Jewish. God's chosen people in a right covenant relationship with the Almighty. And this, this all was spoken about in the Old Testament, in what we call the Abrahamic covenant or the Mosaic covenant, circumcision was the outward sign of an outward sign. It was, it was the sign of a sign that they followed God's law and were now part of God's people. The cutting away of that flesh represented them cutting away their old life apart from the people of God. It represented them cutting away infectious causing flesh and being made clean. Mm. So why did I share that little Bible culture factoid with you? Well, I'm thinking about throwing a belated circumcision party for my two sons and wanted you guys to be there. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Okay, that's not why I told you that, for real. An outward sign of an outward sign seems to be a really big deal to God because when Jesus launched his church, his new covenant people, he chose an outward sign to point to an outward sign that would represent his church, that would represent his assembly, that would represent his people. And it's one that not only would every male follower of Jesus be able to participate in, but even every female, every man, woman, and child could equally fulfill and experience this outward sign. What am I talking about? Matthew chapter 3, verse 16, it says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, as soon as he was baptized, he went up out of the water. 
So at the onset of Jesus's teaching ministry, Jesus was baptized. Now, for those of you who are new to church or you have no clue what baptism is, I wanna explain this just real quick. Baptism originated actually as a Jewish ritual of submerging, okay, submerging yourself underwater as a sign of repentance of, of sin. Except in Jesus's case, he had no sin. He was sinless. So his baptism Right here in Matthew chapter three, it was an example of something both for himself, but also for his future church. He was taking this ritual, this, this outward symbology, and he was redefining it in that moment for his future church. So what did his baptism mean to him and what does it mean to us? Look, at says verse, second part of verse 16. At that moment, heaven was opened And he saw the spirit of God, remember part two, the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him, alighting on him. So what what happens here? Jesus is is coming up out of the water and, and something takes place in that moment. The spirit comes and a voice cries out. A voice from heaven said, this is my son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Here's the thing. When Jesus came up out of that water at his baptism that day, God the Father was essentially giving him a seal of approval. This is my son and I'm well pleased with him. And the spirit then descended upon him. And in just the same way, when we declare and put our faith in Jesus as the true Messiah, the son of the living God and trust him alone, for our rightness with God because of his life, his death, his resurrection, Jesus essentially places his seal of approval, the spirit of God in us. Remember part two? If you, if you weren't here, go back and listen to that. The spirit of God is that affirmation. It is that seal of approval. It declares our acceptance into the family of God. Write this down. Jesus was chosen. And we see there, there in that moment. This is my son. I am pleased with him. There you go. We are chosen. Say this with me. I am chosen. Say it, just say it with me. I am chosen. And your baptism or your future baptism What does it represent? It represents God's spirit has sealed or marked you as chosen and that life light beams all around you. The spirit of God should be beaming through your life, changing you, showing that you are different than when you were before. You are saying that I am Jesus's church and I take that real serious because it is changing my life not because I attend a building full of people, right? On Sunday mornings, but because of my status with God, am I Jesus's church? Have you ever felt chosen before? I want you to think about that time in your life where you just go, man, that was a moment where I just felt chosen. I I can think, you know, there's several times where I felt this, but one that is really powerful in my mind, I can remember standing at a church altar over 16 years ago and seeing my bride, my wife-to-be for the first time in her wedding dress. 
she, she was getting ready to come, you know, her dad, you know, had, 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 his, has, had his arm, you know, locked and, and they were walking down there. And right then, even in that moment, I can remember, I felt chosen, you know, this beautiful woman has chosen me out of all the other men in the world to build a life and a family with. Like she wants to share my heart in struggles and in victories. She wants my genetics to help her make children. Like really, like mine, like she's choosing me. And not only that, not only just to make these kids, but to partner together to raise these kids and hopefully make the world a better place because of them. She walked down the aisle that day with her dad one way, but she walked out with me. She chose me. She accepted me. She said to her father, I am no longer of your house anymore. I am taking on his name. I am choosing his name over yours, dad. Wow. And the long, I'm telling you what, the longer that we're married, the stronger that chosenness gets for me. You know, some of you needed to hear that today because being the church, being a Christ follower is recognizing your chosenness, your acceptance. You're not a spiritual orphan anymore. Through Christ, God has adopted you as his son, his daughter. And if you're not a Christian here today, if you don't follow Jesus yet, I just wanna say this, God has chosen you. He's chosen you to be his child through Jesus. And he wants you to embrace that today. And we are here to help you take a step in that today. What about baptism? What else does baptism, what else else is it an outward sign of? The apostle Paul says this in Colossians chapter two. You can go there with me. He, he, He says something really provocative. In verse 11, he says, in him, in Christ, you were also circumcised. There's that thing again. There's that circumcision. What's what's up about that? Circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. This isn't a human surgery. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. So what is he saying? He's saying, look, your whole Uh, who you were before is being cut away. Now, I've got to admit, when he talks about being circumcised by Christ, that's a little weird. That's a little strange when you first hear that. But, But look what he says next in verse 12. He says, having been buried with him in baptism, you go under the water, baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith, in the working of God who raised him from the dead. What is Paul saying? He's saying, look, baptism is essentially the new circumcision. Yeah, an outward sign of an outward sign. It is a different outward sign in the Old Testament of a different outward sign of true worshipers. Remember? Worship God in spirit and in truth. It's not about cutting away the physical flesh to proclaim that you follow the Mosaic law, but instead it is cutting away the spiritual strongholds, the sin cycles and the dysfunctions of our, 
of our old mindset, of our own life, to proclaim a greater law within you and me. Write this down, write this down. Jesus was resurrected. We are resurrected. That's, that's what baptism means. That Jesus, he died intentionally for a very eternal reason, but he resurrected. And your baptism is an outward sign of an outward sign of what Jesus is doing in your life and who he is to you. Your future baptism or your baptism it is an outward sign that you have died to your old life of sin and resurrected into a new and eternal life of freedom and forgiveness. Say this with me. I am resurrected. Just say it. I am resurrected. Think about it. Through God's spirit, your old damaged character is cut away. It's circumcised and made alive in Christ's character. Not because of religious rules, but the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is in you. And so when you go back to that outward sign of your baptism or your future baptism, if you haven't been baptized yet, it's there to remind you that you're living a resurrected life, not an old dead life. Also though, it is a reminder that you represent a resurrected life to people who have not yet joined Christ church. Mm. And if you're not a Christian here today, then you, you should expect a Christian not to be perfect, but to be progressing in their way of life. You know, that they're getting better. They're getting better at forgiveness. They're getting better at kindness. They're getting better at compassion. They're getting better at self-control. And if you're honest, if you're, if you're not a follower of Jesus today, it's really hard for you to be convinced of Christianity when a lot of Christians still live in some old dead ways of life. They're not very forgiving. They're not very compassionate. They're not very kind. They're not very self-controlled. And, and you look and you go, hmm, is that what that, like, what, what's this all about? And unfortunately, I've been one of those Christians before who, who's been stuck. And, 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 and that's why this church exists in this town. Man, we not only want to introduce new people to Jesus Christ, we want to help people who, who are in Jesus Christ get unstuck. Mm. A friend of mine was sharing a very emotional story with me uh, about her baptism. Uh, she said she was uh, going through an old prayer journal that she had in college, and she came across this picture of her baptism. And it was an image of her standing with her pastor at the time and one of her friends. They were on either side of her in the water, and she was getting ready to be dunked and, and getting ready to be immersed. And she said her eyes were closed in the picture, and her hands were folded in front of her face. So you kind of get that image and, and when she saw this old picture, she said immediately that tears started to well up in her because she remembered who that girl was once. Man. She said back then, she didn't know much about God. That she was just scratching the surface of, or the surface of what her salvation in Christ was. 
And yet she still knew that God was worthy of her whole life. And at the same time, she says, she also knew that he was ushering her into this new life. And and she said, she specifically remembered what her prayer was that day. She wanted to come to a greater understanding of God, who he is, and how to serve him. And now, you know, as she, as she looks at that picture and she looks at her life now, she says, she says, she says, as years have passed, you know, God has answered so much of that prayer, but she says she still feels like she's only scratched the surface. And you know, what's interesting is as she's telling me this story about this picture and I, you know, she didn't have the picture and she was just telling me about it. She started getting really emotional just talking about the picture. To her, the baptism represented God holding out the greatest treasure, the greatest gift, and her taking it with gratitude and awe. And that's, Brent Witcher, that's why we, two or three times a year, we invite new people to take the plunge and to go all in with baptism because, man, that becomes a sealed moment in time. It becomes a a picture of what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. Now, let me get bold for a second. If you're a Christ follower, and if you're honest, you may not look back on your baptism the same way today. For you, maybe it was just this ritual to perform, you know, your church was like, yeah, yeah, this is kind of what you do. And, or, or maybe your mom and dad were like, well, you just, you need to get baptized. We need to invite some relatives into town. It's a really big deal, but I don't know what, what the be. To you, it was just something that you just did instead of a proclamation of resurrection. And as a result, you may find yourself getting stuck still today in some old patterns of thinking and some old hurts, and some old hangups, and some old sin cycles. But today, today may be the day that you go back, you go back to that picture in your mind, and you redeclare your chosenness. You redeclare your resurrected life in and because of Jesus Christ. Some of you came here today to hear that. But Paul goes on. And if you, if you turn the page in your Bible, you just go to chapter three of Colossians. He goes on to describe as it, it baptism as the new circumcision and, and it does something powerful. And, and, and guys, this is why I believe the church is the hope of the world and everyone on planet earth should be a part of it. Look what he says, verse 11. Here there is no Gentile or Jew circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Wow. Being the church is not about being a part of a special race, a special human status or economic status or a special gender It's about being in with Christ. That's why I believe, Brentwood Church, that's why I believe that Christianity and the church is the hope of the world. If we're following 
our chosen resurrected status in Jesus Christ, man, that it is hard to be a racist. It's hard to be a hater, isn't it? It's hard to be a gender phobe or any other kind of phobe or anything else that causes us to hold another person or a group of people back or hold them down. That message, Brentwood Church, it is the hope that will change the world when you watch the evening news. If you go, man, Christianity in its truest form truly will change everything. Look at what Paul says in verse 12. He says, therefore, as God's chosen, there it is, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Write this down. Jesus was loved. We are so loved. Just like Jesus was loved by the Father. John 3 Verse 16 says, for God so loved the world. You are loved. Not only are we chosen, not only are we sealed like Jesus, but we are loved like Jesus. Believing that truth will change everything. If we recognize how much we are loved by God, man, it should change the way we love people. It should change the way we love God. And and, and that's what Paul says. Look what he says in in the next part of that. He says, verse 12, Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, gentleness, and patience. Isn't that the description that we get of God throughout the Bible? That he's slow to anger, that he's forgiving, that even in his justice, he is kind. He goes on, verse 13, he says, bear with each other and forgive one another. Why? Because God is a forgiver. Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. God is all of these things and you should be too. You have been resurrected into a new way of thinking, feeling and acting towards the world and everyone in it. The church is not defined by judgmental, arrogant, warmongering bigots. And we see that sometimes as a portrayal on television and in popular culture. No, the true church baptized Jesus-believing people. They are compassionate people. They're kind, they're humble, they're gentle, they're patient, they're forgiving people. And all of that is coming from a light life that beams from them. Man, it's hard not to like those kind of people, isn't it? It's hard not to listen to kind, gentle, humble people, isn't it? Even if you don't even believe what they believe, shouldn't the church be the most compelling group of people in all of history, all around the world? Yes, yes. Compassion, kindness, gentleness, self-control, forgiveness, exercising that with each other and then giving that away to the world. Isn't that attractive? Yeah, Paul brings it home with the ultimate virtue, the inward law that I've been alluding to this whole time, the outward sign of an outward sign. So what is that outward sign of an outward sign? The outward sign is baptism. But what is that 
really pointing to in a person's life. It's pointing to the fact that they are living out an inward law. Not, not the Mosaic law where there were literal rules and, and regulations to, to live practically by, but this inward law that we are chosen, that we're resurrected, that we're loved by God through Christ. And he says, here we go. This is what brings it all home and all together. Verse 14, and over all these virtues, compassion, kindness, all that, put on love. Put on love which binds them together in perfect unity. Love. That's what should define your life if you are a part of Jesus' church. Jesus wants his church to put on the love that we've been shown and given by God. That we are defined by how we love God and how we love people. And I mean all people, not just our friends, but even strangers, haters, enemies, and so on. Jesus' church is about what's going on inside people, not what's going on in the buildings where they meet. Yeah, tweet that. Now, I want you to imagine for a moment. This will give you a little bit of an allegory. Imagine for a moment there is a guy on death row. And he's, he deserves to be there. Okay, he's been convicted and he is, you know, he's, he's been found guilty. And he knows that he is guilty of the charges against him and he will die because of it. And one day, he gets a visitor to his cell and this visitor tells him that he is free to go. Opens the door, you are free to go. His debt has been paid and there is no more punishment left for him. And and I would be flabbergasted if I was that guy. And so he asked what any of us would ask, how is this possible? And the visitor tells him that the good, honorable, fair, and much loved judged has been killed in his place. He chose to die for him because he loved him and wants him to live his life free from accusation and guilt and punishment. Man, that is amazing. How, how would you expect this guy to act as a newly free man with a brand new life to live? You know, what, what if he went around holding grudges against everyone who offended him. And, and he held his forgiveness hostage until the offenders earned it back somehow. You know, what, what, if, what if he was uncompassionate towards hurting and, and impatient with, with the rule breakers? You know, he just, he wasn't, he, he just always was flying off the handle. Wouldn't you want to, to just get in that guy's face and, and say, man, Don't you know what you've been given? Don't you know how loved you are that the good judge would die for you? A a criminal? Look Look at what you've been saved from. Shouldn't that change the way you think and feel and act towards everyone in your life? 
Jesus has chosen his church to love. So our baptism or our future baptism, it's an outward sign of that inward law that is an outward sign of how we live our lives. It is the new circumcision. It's about saying, just like Jesus, I am chosen, resurrected, loved, and chosen to love. Let me say that again. Just like Jesus, I am chosen. I've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. I'm resurrected. Man, my life is changing. God is cutting away that dead stuff in me and bringing me to life. I am loved. And not only am I loved by God, I am chosen to love. I am chosen to give God's love away to the world that he so loves. Wow. That's what your baptism means. That's what your future baptism means. And you go all in and you go all out to tell Christ's church and a world needing hope, a world needing purpose, a world needing a savior. You go all in and all out to proclaim that you are chosen, resurrected, loved, and chosen to love. Mm. Now, I want to get practical. Today is a great day to do some really practical things with what we've just talked about today. I want some of you to consider being baptized. For whatever reason, you've been a Christian maybe for two months, two years, 20 years, and you've never, you've never made the decision to get baptized. Maybe, maybe you're just a brand new Christian and, and you've heard that this might be your next step, but today you're here today and you know that it's time for you to take the outward sign of the outward sign. That you're chosen, you're resurrected, you're loved, and you're chosen, I mean, you're, 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 you're supposed to love. And so baptism is your next step. Here's, here's what we want to do. We want you to fill out one of these cards today. It's in the seat back in front of you or it's at one of our response tables and you can just say, hey, I'm interested in baptism and, and just, just fill out this card and you can turn that in uh, in our offering bucket. You can turn that into our, our information team uh, today. And uh, we want to invite you to this baptism celebration Sunday, April 26th. It's going to be at Jefferson Forest High School. We want you to invite all of your family and all of your friends who do not yet know Jesus and all those who do know Jesus and your church family will be there to, to, to hear you say, I'm all in with Jesus and I'm going all out to tell everybody. So take this card, fill it out, or you can go online, brentwoodchurch.org slash baptism and follow it from there. But also, for those of you have, who have already been baptized, and, and that's a lot of you here today, I want you to let today remind you of what, what you're a part of and what you've declared, just like my friend, just, just like she was saying, you know, man, I look back on this, you know, 15 plus years ago, and I look at that picture, and, and it just reminds me of how far God has taken me in this thing, in this love, and in, in this, 
and this declaration and this transformation. Today, remember what your baptism represents and thank God for that. And not only that, encourage someone that you know who's a Christian to say, you know what, so what? You have, you've been a Christian for 15, 20 years and you haven't got, gotten baptized. Man, don't, don't, don't let that keep you from getting baptized. Just, just do it. And I'm gonna be there and 10 of our friends are gonna be there to clap for you and to hoop and to holler for you because I know what my baptism was like. And today you just wanna declare that. But some of you today, it, it's time for you to follow Jesus. It just is and you know it. Today is about knowing that you walked in here and you didn't follow Jesus for so many reasons, but he got real clear for you who God is, who Jesus is, and what what God has done for you through Jesus. And you wanna make that decision today. And if that's you today, I wanna invite you to go to our information table as soon as our response time begins or at any time before now and in, in the end of our time together and you tell them that I want to take the next step. You may have questions, you may want a, a conversation, but either way, you may be ready to commit to following Jesus today and we want to make that absolutely clear and compelling for you to do today. I want us to stand. If you'll go ahead and stand and as always, our response Tables are open for communion if you're a follower of Jesus and you, want to, and you want to take the body and the blood of Christ, the bread and the wine that represents those. I want to invite you to do that today. If you want to confess some sin and you just want to write some stuff down and lay it at, at the cross or, or you just want a tangible way of, of lighting a candle as a, as a sign of intercessory prayer or you just need prayer, and you need this church, I want to invite you to respond during our time of, of singing and response today. Let's pray. Father, right now, I just thank you so much for my baptism. I thank you for what you caused in my life that day. And I think, I thank God how far you've brought me today. All the struggles, all the breakthroughs, God, and how patient you've been, how loving you've been along the journey. And I think about that for everyone here today. God, let this be a church where we we rally together in this outward sign of the outward sign of love and that you smile on this church and that you make this church a compelling place for some people who do not know you yet that they would just see your love in and through us. It's in Jesus' name that I pray this. Amen.